America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I actually put this in the comedy genre for you, is I want to talk about me, which Toby Keith took to number one. Funny thing about that song is there were two inspirations. One, I started producing Blake, and he was going around doing this dirty little rap song. And to this day, I don't know if he wrote it or if it's something that he heard on the radio. Do you remember the lyrics he was singing? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, but talk about obscene. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was dirty. <laughs> but hearing Blake with his white boy, Oklahoma twang, doing a rap thing was hilarious. I thought, I need to write a rap song for, kind of like a lot of rap. Not kind of. I'm a big Eminem fan. Oh, wow. He's got a lot of anger in him, but that anger goes into energy in those songs. And he's a musical rapper. He writes melodies, too. At that time, I was just very much into Eminem. Wow, that's news. That's a real breaking story on Backstory Song, that Bobby Braddock is into Eminem. This is widely considered the first or one of the earliest country rap songs. Well, there were two country rap songs that were big hits. That was one, and the other was Dirt Road Anthem, which I love. I think it was real rap. It was about the hood. I mean, albeit white rural hood, but it was still about the hood. And mine, I was just using rap as a vehicle to write a funny song. So I don't know if mine's really rap or not. Toby swears that it's not. He said, so you say it's a rap song. The guy who wrote that wrote, he stopped blowing today, but it's rap in its presentation. So I wanted to write a rap song for Blake. And I had a very close friend in Allen. She's probably my best friend, which is very, very close. What's her name? Deborah Allen? No, no. This is Kathy Locke. She is a therapist, a clinical counselor. She has a pretty large practice there and several people working for her. So it's always good to have a friend who's who's a shrink. <laughs> At the time, this is before she was doing that, and she was working for, it was like an ad agency. And she had someone in her office who had been laid off or fired or something. It was her assistant, so that doubled her workload. And that's all she could talk about. It's like, when she focuses on something, she focuses on that one thing. And in a way, it's an endearing thing. But at that time, I was wanting to tell her about something. But all I could get out of her was about her assistant not being there and her workload. And that's all she could talk about. So after that phone call, I sat down and started to write, I want to talk about me for change, you know? And it turned into the rap song that I wanted to write for Blake. I called up Kathy and played it for her, and she didn't She didn't say anything. And she called me the next day, and she said, that song yesterday, did you write that about me? I said, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I cut it on Blake, and the label there got pretty excited about it, and then they did finger quotes research, and the research came back that not only would this not be a good single, it shouldn't even be on an album. Nobody liked this song. That song had come persona non grata around the label. Blake started out on Giant. He didn't stay there long. Giant folded just as his first hit single was racing up the charts. He had 
uh, hit racing up the charts and no label because they shut down about the time that the record came out. Fortunately, Warner Brothers picked him up, and so his career has been with Warner Brothers ever since. So since Blake wasn't going to cut this song, they didn't want to use what I did on Blake. I knew I was going to have to pitch it. And the song plugger at a publishing company had played it for an A&R person at Toby's label. She passed on it. She denies this. This is the way my song plugger told it to me. The A&R person said, uh, not only am I passing on this song, I hate this song. <laughs> Toby cut a song called Get You Some, which is kind of a rap. So I thought he would be a natural for this. And I knew if I was going to get it to Toby, I couldn't do it through the A&R person. And his producer, James Crown, at that time, he produced so many people, he absolutely would not listen to songs. He had his A&R people do that. I thought Stroud will not listen to a song. I ran into him at a convenience store at 7-Eleven Market, and I had him in a corner. <laughs> Just trapped. James, if you can give me about three or four minutes, I've got a song I think you'll like for Toby. And he kind of sighed, got out of his flip phone, called his assistant, said, find me five minutes somewhere to hear a Bobby Braddock song. I went and played it for him. He came over his desk. He actually jumped over his desk and grabbed me. He said, man, he said, this is a monster. And he called up Toby, played it for him over the phone, just hearing it over the phone. Toby says, I'll cut that song of bitch. And he did. And it's, uh, it was number one for, for five weeks. Wow. Wow. And at the number one party, I have to say the A&R person had a lot of integrity. And I have a lot of respect for this person. But this A&R person signed up next to the song plugger who pitched the song, which was turned down. And the A&R person told the song plugger, Terry Wakefield said, I still hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you give that on your one to 10 scale when you wrote it? I would have given it more than a seven. I would have given so you, it. This is another seven for you. So your research is no better than the A&R research, it sounds like. <laughs> no, I said I would have given it more than a seven. No, I would have given it probably. And by this time, I don't think I was writing songs anymore. I would have given it probably a nine. You know, you were bullish on this one. I love the hard rock guitar intro on this because that's that's like part of your evolution. You, you know, you've your songs, or at least how they were produced, the lyrical content has evolved. But you know, here it still has your comedy, and it's a really funny song. I can understand why someone might get pissed and find an offense because it's about an ego. I want to talk about me. Well, the people at my publishing company, all except the guy who was pitching for Terry Wakefield, all the other A&R people said, nobody's going to cut a song that has a line like, your medical charts and when you start. said, they're not going to play a song about a menstrual period. They're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, and it was a big hit. But Blake, he used to tell people, he said, what you're hearing, comes out of Bobby's brain. But there was one exception. For years and years and years, from demo sessions, I used Brent Rowan on guitar. And when I started producing, I used him on those sessions. I used him on everything Blake did, everything that I did with Blake, rather. And I left a blank spot for Brent. Sometime I have a suggestion, but he was so great at ear candy and coming up with stuff. I kind of left a blank spot and think, well, Brent will come up with something here. The signature lick on Time Marches On, dun, 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 which I think is 
important as any line or melody that I wrote in that song. That was Brent Roan. And when Tracy was going to cut it, my very close friend, Don Cook, he produced a lot of people, Rex and Dunn, Alabama, and Tracy was going to cut the song. And I said, Cook, you got to get Brent Rowan to play that signature guitar thing. He says, I use Brent Mason. There were these two Brents in Nashville. I think they were pretty competitive. And both of them were guitar geniuses. I mean, they're both great. And my Brent was Brent Rowan. Cook's Brent was Brent Mason. And I said, Brent Rowan played this. He said, Brent Mason could play anything. Well, he did. He played it just like Brent Rowan. Then he added his own little thing to it, too. He slid on a string and did it just a little bit differently. And I won't talk about me, same thing. Brent Rowan played it on my demo session. And Stroud used Brent Rowan. So he just went to the master session and played exactly what he did on the demo. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.